With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you have great coaches, then after you have great coaches, you get great players. You have a great organization, and you tell them one thing. Just win, baby. Let's go, Raider Nation. Welcome back to another episode of Just Pod Baby. I am your host, Evan Grote. This is the Silver and Black Pride Podcast Network brought to you by SB Nation. I hope you're doing okay out there, everybody. Uh, this is uh, this is crazy stuff right now. I hope everyone's healthy. hope your families are healthy. This is crazy times we are experiencing right now in our world. This is unprecedented what we are witnessing. Uh, if you're like me, you are tired of hearing about this coronavirus. Uh, you're upset with everything that we've lost, our sports that we love so much, um, things closed down, schools closing down. Uh, we're just ready to have life go back to normal. So I'm, I'm hoping that uh, over the course of the next 30 to 40 minutes here, you can sit back, you can relax, and perhaps I can provide you with a bit of that normalcy right now. I have a good show planned for you tonight. We are going to discuss free agency, some possible fits for the Raiders, at some key positions, and I will be joined later in the show by Raiders beat writer Adam Hill, who covers the team for the Las Vegas Review-Journal. I'm going to start tonight's show with just some some news and some notes from this past week. Uh, Tyre Whitehead was released earlier this week, a move that we kind of expected, really. If you follow the Raiders closely, there had been a lot of rumblings that this could be uh, you know, a move that would be happening here in the near future, and so it, it finally did. Um, the team will save six million dollars in savings with with the move. Um, you know, for 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 Whitehead, uh, he was a very uh, he was a good leader for the team. Um, he was a good soldier. You know, very good uh, teammate from what I understand. Very good in the community. I, I believe he was the Walter Payton Man of the Year representative for the Raiders this past season. Uh, but what what it comes down to is he just didn't make enough plays. He just did not make enough plays. He would, when you look in the at the uh, end of the game, you look in the box score, you'd see he had eight or nine tackles. But a lot of those tackles were coming uh, five, six yards uh, beyond the line of scrimmage. Uh, he was not affecting the game uh, in a way that you, you need uh, your linebacker to do so. He was not a, a playmaker for them. He didn't he didn't force turnovers. He didn't make pass breakups. Uh, he wasn't forcing fumbles. He wasn't sacking the quarterback. So it was just he was kind of just out there, um, and 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 this team just uh, you know needs a playmaker out there. So in uh, one area that he really hurt the team in is with his coverage. He was exposed badly this past season in coverage, and so I think that they had seen enough. Now, 
the position is is on total life support at this point. There is only one uh, linebacker who is currently under contract with the team. And so, you know, how will they address uh, things going forward? Will, will, will they will they decide to bring back Vontaze Perfect? I, I doubt it based on how things went for him um, this season. Will they look to ad- upgrade in free agency? Uh, possibly. Um, or the draft, or maybe both. You know, there, there's a possibility that they bring in a couple free agent linebackers and and try to bring in uh, a guy in the draft, which I, which is what I think they have to do because they just need to fill at least I would say at least three linebacker spots. I mean, when when you only have one in the current roster, you're going to have to bring in a couple more. Uh, in other news, uh, Ian Rappaport reported this week that the Raiders are reportedly shopping Gabe Jackson or are willing to at least listen to trade offers for him. Uh, and this was another move that was kind of kind of expected to happen because when you take a look at the the cap situation, which the Raiders are have a pretty good cap situation with like uh, I believe it's fifty six million roughly right now. Um, but when you look at players who are receiving high salaries on the team and who maybe are not playing up to up to um, playing up to that uh, high salary, Gabe Jackson is the kind of a guy that stands out. Um, he does have a $9.6 million uh, cap hit this season. And, you know, injuries were an issue for him last year, and it really kind of uh, derailed his season. He had the MCL sprain earlier in the year. I believe he missed six, I think it was six weeks, maybe it was eight. And, uh, you know, when he returned, he didn't play well. So was it due to the injury? Was he ever fully 100% last season? You know, I don't know. Um, but, Denzel Good was signed uh, after the season, and he did play well in the spot starts that he made for uh, Incognito, and, and then also for uh, uh, Gabe Jackson when he was out. So he, he played well in relief, and he's been a very good player for them the last two years. And also, you know, you have Jordan uh, Devi as well. So you know, they do have two guys who I think they feel like can can provide them with what they need. Um, what kind of value do you think um, Gabe Jackson would bring back in return is the question. You know, is is he, would you want a fourth round, a fifth round? Uh, I believe Osamele last year, when he was traded to the Jets, he got back a sixth round pick, I believe. Um, you know, don't forget a team that's willing to trade for Gabe Jackson has to be willing to take on that large salary as well. So that could play a role in the type of value that you get back for uh, Jackson. And, and you know, the next question I would ask you is if they are not able to move him in a trade, will they just cut bait with him? That That is also a possibility, and I think it's something that that could very well happen, especially if they um, want to make some extra cap space to, to make a run on one of these uh, higher-profile free agents. Uh, the last bit of news here that I want to mention, I'm not sure how many of you out there are uh, subscribers to the Athletic, but Vic Tafer's out there stirring up some trouble this week. He wrote an article uh, about the Raiders supposedly having some interest in both Jordan Love and Jalen Hurts. Just what we need more, more, um, you know, quarterback talk out there. Um, it's been the, it's been the, it's dominated the offseason talk. You know, the quarterback position for the Raiders. The article goes on to say that from what he has heard, the Raiders are obviously interested in in both uh, 
Jordan Love and Jalen Hurts, as I said, and using possibly their second first-round pick, which is the 19th overall pick, to select Jordan Love if he is available. And if he's not, maybe even um, trading back from from pick 19 and, and looking to select uh, you know Hurts. So that those are some rumors that are out there. You know, my thoughts on this are I'm really starting to buy into. Not that I, not that I'm just starting to buy into it, but you know, I'm really. I'm really pretty much all in on the Raiders moving on from Carr at this point. I just think when there's enough smoke being put out there about a player, uh, there, there's just got to be something to it. And we have heard time and time again when it was whether it was uh, Tom Brady rumors, whether now it's Marcus Mariota. We've heard about uh, the possibility of Carr being traded to the to the Bears. There's there's just too much smoke out there, and and I know that Gruden and I know that Mayak have both had very positive things to say about Carr. They've been very supportive of him, but I just I just have a feeling that it's time and, and, it's, and that it's going to happen. They're going to move on from him. I really do believe that. And that's just my opinion. There, you know, Obviously, I have no inside information. When it does com- uh, come to the quarterbacks that are in the draft, I do prefer Herbert over both Hurts and Love. Um, I think he's, he checks off all the boxes. He's played at a big-time program. He's played in big-time games. He's performed well in those games. Uh, he, he's a senior. Uh, he's got plenty of experience. He's big. He's athletic. The ball jumps out of his hand. Um, he's, In my opinion, he's he's only rised from the end of the season, from you know from the Rose Bowl appearance to the Senior Bowl to the Combine. He, he just, his pro day was excellent. He's just continuing to rise and rise, in my in my opinion. Um, there's been some knocks out there about his personality. Uh, is he a natural leader? Uh, things of that nature. You know, I don't know. I, I doubt he falls that far. I don't think he would make it to a pick 19. I, and, and honestly, I don't think he makes it out of the top, top 10. Uh, Jordan Love, I, I know the least about him of all these quarterbacks. Um, at least you're... You know, top five quarterbacks, I'd say. I know he had a very uh, poor season in 2019 after a really impressive year in 2018. So that's the that's the issue that scouts and teams are really having uh, is, you know, are you going to get the 2018 version of Jordan Love or are you getting the 2019 version? He, he did lose some key weapons this past season, which, you know, has has a has an effect on, on a player like a quarterback. We, we see how, you know, we see some of the struggles that Derek Carr has when when there's lack of talent out there. He did throw a lot of interceptions. You know, was he out there trying to do too much? Again, something we've seen from Derek Carr. He has a ton of upside. So if, if you're drafting a guy like Jordan Love in the first round, it's based on upside. He is not a finished product right now by any means. And, of course, uh, Jalen Hurts. I like Hurts. Um, I was posting some some thoughts about him on Twitter this past week. I do see a little Russell Wilson in him. You know, I don't want you to think that he's the next Russell Wilson. I'm just saying as far as an athletic standpoint – um, his ability to extend plays, the the, the build is very similar. I, I you know I from what I understand, Hertz has that great leadership quality, um, m- much like a, a Russell Wilson. So um, I like that, but he is more of your modern day NFL quarterback. Uh, we are seeing um, you know come out of college football uh, recently. He's mobile. He can move around. He uses his leg to extend his legs to extend plays. Excuse me. Um, but can he make all the throws? That's the question you have with Jalen Hurts. Uh, he's not the athlete Lamar Jackson is, so he will not affect the game. He's not as dynamic, so he's not going to have an impact like Lamar Jackson. Uh, but with proper coaching, you know, there's a chance that he could be 
uh, you know, a starter in this league. I really do believe that. So, so those are some of your news and notes from this week. Um, I'm going to take a quick break. When I come back, uh, I'm going to break down possible free agent options for the Raiders. Okay, we're back here on Just Pod Baby, and and like I promised, we're we're gonna break down some some possible free agent targets for the Raiders. The legal champion period is is going to begin here here Monday morning. Uh, I believe it's nine a.m. and that is the time when teams can begin negotiating terms uh, with with agents uh, of players, and, and even without, um, or I'm excuse me, even with all this chaos that's been that's been going on. Uh, with, with the coronavirus, the NFL has has come out and said they do not plan to uh, make any adjustments with their schedule. They're not going to delay the beginning of the, the new league year, which is uh, set to begin on Wednesday the, the 18th. So uh, from what we know, things should go according to plan next week. Uh, so that being said, I do want to discuss some of the potential fits that I see out there for the Raiders and also some guys who I... Uh, I hope they kind of stay away from in free agency at positions of need. We're going to start with uh, an offense, the wide receiver, and I'm not going to go through every single position, just just some positions where I feel like they could use some upgrades. So on offense, I'm going to start with wide receiver. And, you know, really when you look at the list of names, there's not really a ton of of um, game changers out there, I guess I want to say. Um, uh, Robbie Anderson is, is probably... Um, the top guy out there, in my opinion, and he wants a lot of money. Uh, he wants to be paid. Uh, there was some interest in him last year at the trade deadline, so we, so you, you know, the Raiders have interest in him already. He is deep threat. He's a speed guy. You know, he has a very similar skill set to Tyrell Williams. So that kind of, um, you know, is that a good fit with the Raiders because they, they do, they are so similar. Uh, you know, they could probably use a guy that could, would work underneath a little bit more. Um, is he a true number one receiver? That's my other question. You know, um, so so I I have I do have some questions about him. I'm not I'm not recommending they go out and, and break the bank on him, but um, if he is a guy that they go out and target, I, I still think you need to go out and draft a a wide receiver at some point to um in round one most likely because I don't think Anderson's your, your number one guy. Right. Emmanuel Anderson is another name out there that I know some people out there in Raider Nation would like to see the Raiders go after, uh, but I, I'm not that high on personally. I, I think he's a great player. He, he's had some really good years in the league, but he is 32 years old. He did have that Achilles injury what, what um, in 2018, I think it was, uh, towards the end of the season. Um, how much does he have left in the tank would be my question. Uh, and he's obviously, at this point in his career, he is he is not a number one receiver at all. So again, if you bring in a guy like uh, like Sanders, you still need to address that wide receiver possession uh, position. Excuse me through the draft. Uh, John Gruden loves veteran wide receivers. We know that, but um, and there is one out there, AJ Green. But I don't think he's available. It sounds like the Bengals are going to place the franchise tag on him. So um, I don't think he he is going to be an option for the Raiders. And then and then beyond those three, you have Amari Cooper. Which you know, are we going to go down that road again? I mean, wouldn't that be something though? They traded uh, Cooper to the Cowboys for a first round pick, and then what if they were able to bring him back in free agency? I mean, I don't think it's going to happen. 
Um, I don't think they want to go down that road again. And again, he he is going to demand a lot of money as well. Uh, you have Randall Cobb, Brashad Perryman, Philip Dorsett, Devin Funches, Nelson Aguilar. You know, not much to get excited about. So outside of maybe Robbie Anderson, I say you pass on wide receiver through free agency. I just I just don't see it. And and you go ahead and you grab one or two wide receivers in the draft. Uh, it's a deep class. Take advantage of that that depth and talent in the position. And at pick twelve, when the Raiders are up, they should be able to get any receiver they want in that draft. Judy should be there. Lamb should be available. Rugs, if that's their guy. I don't think um you know I I, I don't see any of those receivers going above you know the top ten. I think they'll all be there at twelve. To be honest. Moving to the defensive side of the ball, um, this is where I believe you know they need to make the most uh, additions, and uh, and at all three levels, uh, I I would honestly like to see at least two real big splash shinings here on defense. Um, whether it's a it's a linebacker or uh, a linebacker and someone in the secondary, or or maybe it's a it's a big time corner and maybe an edge player. They, they got to address this unit. Um, it's been it's been bad for a long time, and, and they got to bring in some talent for this team. The interior needs help. They still need a little bit more of a consistent presence on the inside who can rush the quarterback. I don't think that Maurice Hurst is quite, um, you know, provided what maybe they thought he would. He's still young. He's only in his, entering his third year. P.J. Hall, you know, eh. Um, so... So they need to um, address that that um, position for sure. Uh, two guys I would like to see them target if they do go this route. First is Jaron Reed, or is it Jaron? I'm not sure. Maybe it's Jaron uh, Reed from Seattle. And second would be uh, Jordan Phillips from Buffalo. The Seahawks do seem to be interested in bringing back Reed from from what I've been reading. Um, but if they don't, I would, I would, I hope the Raiders would would go after him. He he missed um, six games in 2019 after he had to, uh, he was suspended for violating the league's uh, personal conduct policy. I'm not quite sure what he did, but um, he did return in 2019. He he wasn't as effective as he was in 2019. Where that was his breakout year. Uh, he racked up ten and a half sacks that year. So you know he has shown the ability to to be able to push the pocket and make an impact. Um, on the game from the interior, he's only 27 years old, and 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 um, he could be a guy who may not go in that early wave of free agency. Maybe maybe uh, the second wave he'll be there. Um, let some of these teams spend all their big money out there, and you know, strategically the Raiders can kind of come in and, and make a play for him. Now I remember being interested in Reed back in 2016 during the draft, and I don't know if you guys recall. I remember this vividly because he was a guy that I I had targeted, you know, on day two of the draft. And when the Raiders came up to pick in, at 44 and they went with Jihad Ward, um, I was, you know, n- not sure about even who he was really at that point because he, he was obviously that was a reach pick. And uh, I remember Reed went a few picks later, I think it was 49, uh, to the Seahawks. So, um I do have some familiarity with with Reed, Jordan Phillips, uh, who played with Buffalo last year, just one season in Buffalo. He was drafted by the Dolphins. He's massive, six six, three hundred forty one pounds. Uh, he is also looking to cash in on a after a career career year with the Bills. He had uh, nine and a half sacks last year. 
Now, his previous high before that was two, so that does kind of raise some questions. You know, was this just a guy who was on a contract year and came out and, and you know, balled out to get that contract? You know, who knows? Uh, one thing about Phillips is he only played in 52% of the snaps. I looked that up. So he wasn't really getting a ton of snaps. He was more of a rotational guy and was still very productive. So I like I liked that. Um, you know, he could be a, a candidate for the franchise tag from what I read. But if Buffalo lets him test the waters, you know, I don't think he'll demand a huge salary. Okay, so I think, again, he'll be a guy that's available in that second wave of free agency. Now, if you're talking about edge players... I don't necessarily think this is a huge need for the defense. I think that Max Crosby obviously shows you what he he's capable. He, he's only going to get better, and I think Cleveland Farrell. I expect a, a you know pretty significant jump from him. Um, I think hopefully they'll keep him on the edge this year rather than bouncing him around inside and outside. So I think he'll be a little more comfortable this year. So I think the edge looks good for years to come, but you may want to add a little depth there. And if you do, obviously, you're if you're looking to connect dots, then Robert Quinn makes a lot of sense. And I know that there's been a lot of um, information out there on that and how he uh, would be a good fit. He played, uh, he played for the new defensive line coach uh, Rod Marinelli in Dallas last year it was it was his first season under under uh, Marinelli and he had a career high 12 sacks so again if you're looking to uh, find some natural fits here that would obviously be something that stands out he is 30 um so this could be uh that that could make things difficult just because he is coming off a career year this will most likely be his his last time to kind of cash in on a on a decent contract. So you don't really want to get stuck overpaying for a guy who's who's thirty because you know those those last couple of years of that contract he may not um, you know live up to to, to that money. Perhaps they. Uh, make it a kind of a team-friendly deal where they put some clauses in there or where, where they can get out after a year or two. However, you know, I don't know how these contracts or how they all work, but I do know that sometimes they, they uh, kind of set them up that way to kind of front-load the money and that type of thing. Um, another player, I, I think, on the edge, again, this would be just as a depth. This, is not be, this would not be one of those splash signings I'm talking about. But I mentioned uh, Shaq Lawson in an article that I wrote a while back um, I think it was titled you know, "Shop Bargain Bin Shopping Free Agency," something along those lines. And I, I think you know he's a former first-round pick. Um, he's a Clemson product, and he has that that body type that Gunther likes in his defensive ends: big, uh, tall, physical. And he, you know, he's largely been a disappointment in Buffalo. And I, I, I think uh, maybe a change of scenery would be good for him. He did also, you know, he's another guy coming off a career high. <laughs> Um, on a contract year, six and a half sacks last year with Buffalo. Um, he should be a guy who's also there. You know, he's not going to be uh, a guy you hear his name being called, you know, this week as, as um, you know, wave one free agency player. And he, he shouldn't break the bank. So um, he could be a guy that you bring in to um, not as an every down player, but a rotational guy along with Arden Key. Now, we all know linebacker is without the doubt, without a doubt, the biggest need right now. Uh, there's one linebacker under contract on this team right now, so this is where I want to see 
some some moves being made for sure. Whether it's two guys here, maybe one in the uh, one through free agency and bring in two in the draft. However you want to do it, there's got to be I, I say at least two or three uh, linebackers need to be brought in uh, to this roster. Um, Corey Littleton, obviously, and, and Joe Schobert are, are the top shelf guys. Uh, you've heard a lot about these two, so I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time talking about them. They're both going to demand large contracts. Um, you're probably going to have to overpay to get these two guys, You know, probably upwards of $10 million. Uh, Littleton is more of your coverage linebacker, um, and Lord knows that's what the Raiders need. It's been a long time since they had a guy who could cover a tight end or a back out of the out of the backfield, so um, Littleton can do that. It's definitely a part of his skill set. He's in his prime. He's 26 years old, so he he's going to get paid. Schobert uh, doesn't have Littleton's coverage ability, but he does a little bit of everything. He's he's very solid in all aspects of the game. He's a sure tackler. He's got a little bit of coverage ability. Um, he can get after the quarterback. He forces fumbles. He's even got a few interceptions. I think he had four this year, So or maybe it was two, two, two or four. I, I don't recall. I looked it up earlier, but... Uh, I don't have it written down, but um, you know he can affect the game in a lot of ways. He he's the guy that I prefer personally. I don't think he'll be quite as expensive as a Littleton, but um, you know, he's my guy. And then your options, you know, if you're looking at options B, C, and D, you would include guys like Kyle Van Noy uh, from the Patriots, uh, Blake Martinez from Green Bay, and uh, Nick. And I'm gonna butcher his last name. The kid from Chicago. Uh, Nowowski, I, I have no idea how to pronounce that last name. Uh, kid out of kids from Chicago. Um, you know, these are all guys that I would be happy with. Um, obviously, will come at a discount compared to the uh, previously mentioned guys, Littleton and Schobert. I still think these are solid linebackers. You know, these are not these are not lead guys by any means. If you're going to bring in, um, you know, a Blake Martinez, um, you're, you're definitely going to have to add a couple. Um, higher end guys, maybe like a Kenneth Murray in the draft or a Patrick Queen. I think those got to be the picks. If you're not going to bring in a Schober or a Littleton, then you, you definitely got to get one of those top linebackers in the draft. And then in the secondary, you know, I, I am all in on Byron Jones. He's definitely a name that has been linked to the Raiders. There is some interest there. Uh, he is a shutdown corner. He 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 is what you call a shutdown corner. He's young, 27 years old, so you feel comfortable giving him the big money that he's going to demand, probably in that 15 to 17 million dollar range. There's 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 some concerns with uh, his ball production. You know, he does not intercept the ball a lot. He does not create a lot of turnovers. But to me, that's okay, as long as you can lock down one half of that field and shut your man down you know for 60 minutes and have a major impact on the other team's passing game i think that's worth that that's worth the money and and, and i would be really excited to see um him and Trayvon Mullen uh, the type of tandem that they would form and and that would have a major impact on that pass rush i think it would be a a a huge upgrade to the defense with with those two on the outside um you know some other names out there. I, you know I'd rather they pass on a guy like Chris Harris personally. I know he's 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 still pretty good. He's still productive. He's he's more of a slot guy. Um, he he can play on the outside. I think he excels in the slot. He's a bit older, um, still productive, but you know he's going to be pretty highly coveted. So I think he's going to earn himself a decent contract as well. And I, I just would rather they. Uh, if if they do miss out on a guy like Byron Jones, I don't want to see them throw that money at, at an older player like like Harris. Um, some other options out there, um, Xavier Rhodes, who was just um, cut from Minnesota. Again, this is strictly a fit, um, scheme fit. You know, you're going to hear me talk about that a couple more times here. 
Uh, he comes from Mike Zimmer style defense in Minnesota. He would have a really good understanding of what, of what Gunther wants to do with his defense. Um, Logan Ryan, eh, you know, I mean, he's okay, you know. Uh, James Bradbury is a name. Uh, you know, he wants to get paid. He's a good player, good player, but he, he he really wants to get paid big time. So, you know, if you feel comfortable giving him big time money, you know, he could be a guy that you, you bring in. And and don't forget, Daryl Worley, he's still, uh, he is a free agent this year, and it appears he's going to be allowed to, to test the market, hit free agency, and see what's out there. You know, are the Raiders going to be willing to kind of match that? I do think they like him. I've always said that. I think Gruden has been very vocal about that. I think he's versatile. Um, he's only 25 years old. He's still very young. So, um, you know, it's a possibility that he gets brought back as well at some point. And then, of course, that leaves the back end, um, your safeties, and, you know, uh, what will be done with, with Carl Joseph? Um, it sounds like, much like Worley, he's going to be allowed to go out there see what kind of money he can get on the open market. Um, and if the price is too high, I, you know, the Raiders are going to definitely let him walk. But maybe if he if he's not getting what he thinks he can get, maybe the Raiders would be willing to match that. He certainly has some familiar, familiarity with uh, the defense, having played for Gunther last year. Uh, the guy I love, you know, obviously he's going to be a high-priced guy, would be Von Bell from the Saints. He would be my guy. He he can do it all. You know, he's coming off a very productive year with the Saints, 89 tackles I think I saw uh, when I looked up his numbers. He, again, he does a little bit of everything. He he creates turnovers, forces fumbles, uh, can can be used on blitzes. So I, I like his game. Uh, he comes from Ohio State, which is just a defensive back factory. Um and then again, one more scheme fit here. Anthony Harris from Minnesota seems like he obviously would be a natural fit uh, from a scheme perspective uh, with the Raiders defense. So, so, so those are some of the guys that I like. And you know, based on what we saw last year um, in, in Gruden and Mayock's first free agency working together, they were very aggressive. They went out and threw a ton of money at Trent Brown. They were aggressive getting LaMarcus Joyner and Tyrell Williams. So I fully expect them to come out this year again and be aggressive. They have some money at their disposal, $56 million roughly. Um, so I think, they, I think they will go out and, and put some money into the defense with a couple marquee names early on in free agency. So that is going to wrap up segment two. Don't go anywhere because up next is my interview with Adam Hill of the Las Vegas Review-Journal. On the line with me is Raiders beat writer for the Las Vegas Review-Journal, Adam Hill. Adam, welcome to Just Pod Baby. How are you? I'm good, man. How are you doing? It's a, it's a crazy time in the world, I guess, but uh, good to talk some football. Yeah, definitely crazy. Uh, I'm actually a, a school teacher and just found out this morning that uh, we're going to be closed for the uh, foreseeable future here. So uh, just just something I've never had to experience. It's it's wild out there. Um, but if you're ready, let's get right into this. Adam also covers the Vegas Golden Knights uh, for the Las Vegas Review-Journal. He also does some MMA work. And 
as we were just mentioning, unexpectedly, he found himself with a little bit of extra time on his hand, so he decided to hop on with us, give us some of his thoughts on uh, Raiders and, and um, free agency here. So I do want to begin the interview with uh, some of the breaking news that we had this morning. Uh, the votes are in. The NFL CBA was approved. Uh, there will be labor peace until the 2030 season. Uh, the two biggest changes are the additional playoff team in each conference and the expansion to a 17-game schedule starting in 2021. What's your take on the new CBA? Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit surprised that it actually went through kind of talking to some guys. I mean, uh, I, I know when, once they got this, you know, it's just straight 50% uh, vote for up or down, I guess there was a little bit better chance, and then it does go through, and then now all of a sudden you see some players – expressing their shock that it passed uh you know i think they probably could have got a better deal uh but a lot of guys just weren't in a position where they wanted to to take that chance of of really pushing it and taking a chance of any kind of a work stoppage so uh, it goes through here and now as you mentioned those are some of the big ones i think uh i actually think the no suspensions uh no game suspensions for marijuana tests is going to be very interesting as well uh, especially with the way that that is expanding I, i actually know uh, of some players who walked away maybe a little earlier than they wanted to because they, uh, you know, they didn't want to get caught, you know, testing for marijuana all the time. And they thought it was good for, you know, treating pain and all that stuff. So I think that might be a pretty big uh, development in the CBA as well uh, down the road. But as far as the 17 games go and the extra playoff team, uh, the extra playoff team was, you know, it was going to happen. It, it's so big for business to have another round of playoffs. I don't like it necessarily. Now you're, getting into almost half the teams getting in the playoffs uh, teams like a little bit too much for me, but uh, you know, it's not going to be the end of the world. We're going to enjoy more more and more playoff games and uh, we'll all have fun with that. And then the 17 game schedule, man, that is going to create a lot of really weird situations. Cause I don't know how they're going to play this out um, with some teams having nine home games, some eight, but I think eventually it's going to end up being, where every team has a neutral site game, either an international game or, or some sort of, of way to balance out the schedule a little bit. But the logistics of that are crazy. I mean, with the competitiveness to get into the playoffs and uh, so many tiebreakers and that sort of thing, to have some teams having an extra home game is going to be very, very strange. Uh, and it's certainly going to create some controversy uh, with, you know, if, you're, if you lose out on a tiebreaker to a team that had nine home games and you only had eight, uh, that's going to be tough for some teams to handle. Yeah, interesting point you made there. Now, even with the coronavirus pandemic that has struck our country, uh, you know, it's completely shut down the sports world as many other areas of life, as I mentioned, schools being one of them. The NFL continues to say that it's 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 business as usual. They do not plan to delay the new league year, which is uh, set to begin this week on, on Wednesday the 18th. Um, despite some of the um, team officials, you know, dis- displeasure with this, uh, the Raiders have removed all scouts, coaches, um, and all business has been discontinued, much like every other team in the league, but um, which means free agents will not be taking trips to team facilities and whatnot. Uh, this is unprecedented here. How do you see this all playing out in the upcoming days? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the people that I talk to around the league are pretty stunned that this is going forward without any change. Uh, and we, there's still time. I mean, as we're sitting here, you know, talking, you know, it could change while we're talking right now. I mean, that's how much news has been changing. You mentioned all the beats that I cover. And uh, I mean, it's, it's so crazy. I mean, UFC yesterday, like three different times, they changed what they were going to do as far as having events and, you know, leagues and teams are, 
uh, constantly in flux. It's changing by the minute, by the hour, and everything else. So could it get pushed back? Sure. Uh, I think what the NFL is kind of saying is, hey, these these things can be done remotely. Uh, I don't think it's it's ideal. I think teams want to visit with players and have them in their facilities and be around them and um, you know really just have an actual normal job interviews. As much of it's a, as much of of this is a different business. It also is, you know, getting to know guys and how do you react and how do you relate and, you know, come in the building and meet with everybody. And those things aren't happening. It's a different process this year. I think teams want to uh, maybe push it back, but you're also taking the chance if you do that, say, okay, let's put it on hiatus for two weeks. Let's, let's put a stop on it. We'll move it back two weeks. How do we know it's going to be any better in two weeks? How do we know we're going to be traveling? And then all of a sudden you say, well, let's give it two more weeks. And then you start you start you know thinking about starting your league year in April, moving the draft back to May. Do guys have enough time to get acclimated to the season? And then do you have to push the season back? All these things are in such flux that I think right now the NFL is looking at it and saying, okay, we can do these things. It's not ideal, but we can do them remotely. We can you know do video conferences and and that sort of thing. Uh, we can make these things work and make this happen. And I think the NFL doesn't want to get into a situation where everything is pushed back so much that you can't start the season when you want to. Uh, so again, that could change in 10 minutes in an hour in four hours. But right now I think they just want to make sure uh, that they're on track to start the season when they want to. And if you start moving stuff back, that starts to become a question. And I don't think they want to start trying to make those answers right now. Yeah. Obviously the, the draft would be the next obstacle that the, the league will have to address at some point. Um, it's a little. It's probably, as you said, a little bit too early out right now to make that decision to start pushing things back as it would affect OTAs, training camp, and, and whatnot. So, uh, like I said, just just unprecedented here. It's 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 crazy. Yeah. Um, I do want to talk some free agency. The legal tampering period is set to begin tomorrow, actually, and um, the talk that has dominated the off season for the Raiders is um, you know Tom Brady and more recently Marcus Mariota. Uh, where do you stand with all the quarterback talk? Yeah, this is this is such a fascinating thing. We talk about how overwhelming, you know, this this news cycle is with all the uh, you know, all the coronavirus and everything that it's it's taken over the sports world on a smaller scale and and a certainly a much different, you know, topic. Tom Brady is the overriding factor of all of free agency. It's not just for the Raiders because for the Raiders they are it's a big, you know, it's a big decision, it's a big process and they are talking to Tom Brady. It is happening. They're they're going through their due diligence with that and, and seeing if they can make that work. There's no question. But that is what every team is doing. I mean, almost every team out there is, especially ones that are not completely settled at quarterback, are saying, do we have to him? And it's, nothing can really happen in free agency until Tom Brady makes a decision. That's, that is the crazy part of all of this because teams are – or in a position to say, okay, if we do get him, you have to try to win now. There's no building for the future if you try to get Tom Brady. So you're you're holding off and, and deciding if you can get him and then what that does to the rest of the team. Um, we saw one team today, and I'm not surprised by it, but the Titans were linked to Tom Brady and pursuing him, and they decided to re-sign Ryan, Ryan Tannehill, which I thought they would do and is the right decision. Uh, but I think a lot of teams are going to be sitting back and saying, well, let's see – if we can get him, and that dictates everything else that you do. But in terms of the Raiders, I, I don't like the fit. I don't think it makes a whole lot of sense uh, to bring in Tom Brady. I know that they're exploring 
trying to make every single position better. I don't know. You know, I'm not one of these that says you absolutely have to bring back Derek Carr. There are those uh, those kind of people. I, I think you can improve a quarterback, but I don't think Tom Brady is the way you improve a quarterback. I don't know that he's that much of an upgrade anyway uh, at this stage of his career. Certainly Tom Brady is a better player than Derek Carr, but at this stage of his career, I don't know that he's significantly better. Uh, and I just I don't think that you're making a prudent decision for the franchise and for the future if you bring in Tom Brady. I think there's other options to look at at quarterback, but there's really not a whole lot more that can happen um, until you until he makes a decision, which is going to be the theme of this free agency period for not only Raiders but a lot of teams. Now there was another report this week or last week, I should say, uh, that the Raiders were open to. Uh, trade talks involving uh, guard Gabe Jackson. He does carry a large uh, salary cap number. If they aren't able to trade him, uh, do you think there's a possibility they cut him? Man, I, I don't – I think there's a possibility of doing anything, so I'll, I'll put that out. I I don't really dismiss any uh, any kind of move that the Raiders can make. I think they've been will, they've shown that they're willing to, to move on from anybody or take chances on anybody, so – um, I'll say that first, that we could be proven wrong here, but I I think he's a, a an important player. I think he's a very good player. Uh, I think he's a player that they want to have in the mix. Um, again, you know, the theme for the Raiders is they'll look at every position and try to upgrade anywhere. I don't know I don't know why you mess with, even though the offensive line was, was so, you know, in and out with injuries and it was never really the, the unit that they wanted. Uh, except for a couple of games, but they still found ways to be very, very good last year. I, I don't think that that's a position that you really need to do a whole lot of changes to um, because because they did work so well. And I, I think he's a player in particular that's a very important piece uh, and one that they want to have around. But if they think moving him and moving on from that contract could open up you know other possibilities for him, I, I'm sure they're looking at it. I'm sure they're talking about it. I just – I just don't think that that's an area that you need to mess with a whole lot. Adam Hill, beat writer for the uh, Raiders, Las Vegas Review Journal, on the line with us here talking some Raiders football. Um, the Raiders had a, a outstanding draft class last year. Uh, they made some big moves in free agency. Um, Trent Brown was one of those big moves. Um, despite all that, the roster is still very much a work in progress. When you look at the makeup of the roster right now, how do you prioritize the, the team needs? Um, well, first of all, you know, it's everybody knows kind of where this team absolutely needs to get better. They need a number one wide receiver. Uh, there's no question about that. Tyrell Williams in his career has shown to be a really, really good number two, a guy that's a solid deep threat that you can rely on, but he's not uh, that number one guy. That's a, a huge priority no matter who you have as quarterback. If you have Carr coming back, uh, certainly he needs to have that weapon. Uh, but if you bring in another guy, if you bring in a Tom Brady or uh, whoever they could be looking at, and I think there's much, there's quarterbacks that fit better uh, into what the Raiders would want to do, but if you bring in anybody, a, a number one receiver is a must for this offense. You've got a star tight end who's uh, just emerging and, and getting better and better. You've got a running back who's you know a three-down guy that not a lot of teams have. You've got a pretty solid offensive line. If you And you have – you know, as I said, Williams would be a good two, and and you know Hunter Renfro emerged as a solid possession guy. Uh, all of a sudden, you get that number one receiver, and I know people are you know <laughs> lamenting what could have been maybe with Antonio Brown if he didn't spiral out of control last year. Uh, but if you had that number one receiver, this offense is totally different, and it could be um, you know very very dynamic. So 
that is a, a huge priority uh, in my mind, getting somebody there. But the defense needs a lot of improvement. They need a linebacker. Uh, they they need, I would think, um, more impactful guys along the line of scrimmage, especially they can get to the quarterback, even though they did better in that area last year and they've got some emerging guys. Uh, you need somebody that can get there. But uh, a corner, I think, would be a, a high priority as well. Uh, and that's no secret. Um, and, and there's just other spots where I think you can you can make some improvements, but that's where I'd be looking at, you know, number one wide receiver, and there's not a whole lot of those available in the free agent market. Uh, corner, that can be uh, just, a, you know, another kind of shutdown guy with some of their young emerging players uh, stepping up as well. And then linebacker is, I mean, they've been looking for a linebacker for a while. They thought they had uh, Vontez Perfect, and maybe he is the answer again, although I, I don't think you can take that risk. Um, that's kind of where you got to look. And, and I, I don't think it's much of a secret to anybody where they need to get better. Uh, but that's that's going to be very important for them here in the offseason. And they can address it in the draft. They've got the, the draft capital. Uh, I just did a, another mock draft that ran today. I, I'm still on Jerry Judy as their uh, pick at number 12. And then, you know, one of the linebackers, uh, either Murray or Queen at 19, I, I have them taking – uh, clean, which I think would be a good player, but of course those things can change big time uh, based on what they're able to do in free agency. So you talked about uh, wide receiver being one of those 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 pressing needs, and you also mentioned that the the fact that the free agency class is is not real strong at wide receiver. Um, so because free agency comes before the draft, do you think that they would look to bring in a receiver or just kind of? Um, save save that you know look to address that through the draft because it is such a, a strong draft class yeah i mean i i think i think draft is going to be where they're absolutely going to look uh but the problem is you know it's it's it is two different areas uh even though you would say you would say looking at it right now hey listen the receiving class is not that deep in free agency robbie anderson is a name uh that they've you know been talking about that they've been kind of linked to uh, I don't think he's that slam dunk number one guy. I think he's a talented player uh, that you can't just look at and say he comes right in and, and is that star number one player. Um, but I, I think they're going to look at it and talk to him and see if they can get something done there. The problem is you can't just say, well, we didn't get him, so we're just going to get somebody in the draft because somebody else could could be uh, thinking the same thing and take the guy that you want. Even though the, the, the draft is pretty deep at wide receiver, you can get one of them. But if you have your heart set on one guy, you don't necessarily just say, all right, we'll take that guy because he might not be there for you. Um, so I think they're going to pursue both. I think they'll look what they can do uh, in free agency. But to me, uh, if you are guaranteed right now that Jerry Judy is available at number 12, then I think you're comfortable with that. And I think you're okay with that, but you, you can't have that guarantee. Uh, so you might, you might say, well, that's the guy we like. And then go into the draft and he's gone. And maybe, uh, you know, maybe even rugs is gone. And then, you're falling down to your third option in Lamb, or, or if Lamb is your second option, and maybe he's even gone. You just don't know. So th- those are the unknown variables that you have to try to account for. Uh, I do believe that either Lamb or Judy will be there at 12, and I think either one of them can be a very, very, uh, very solid playmaker for you. Uh, but I think they'll explore free agency, who they, can, who they think they have a chance at, uh, if they can get something done there. And then, you know, the draft would be the fallback plan. But to me, those receivers are going to be really, really good. And if you can get one of them, uh, I think I'd be comfortable with that if I was the Raiders. Okay, just one more question here for you. Um, you know, we all know, as you mentioned, the defense can use help at all three levels. 
Um, yeah, for sure. Especially linebacker with with the release of uh, Whitehead this week, they they have only one linebacker under contract. Um, the, some of the names that you keep hearing, and these are more of the uh, top shelf guys as far as linebackers are concerned. Corey Littleton, Joe Schobert. Uh, we've heard about a possible link to uh, Byron Jones at cornerback. Do, do, would you like to see the Raiders go out and make a big splash like they did last year with Trent Brown? Uh, do you think that they are in play for any of those guys? Yeah, I think so. I think Byron Jones makes a ton of sense uh, for the Raiders. Uh, that would be it'd be a pretty big contract. I think it'd be it, you know at least sixteen, seventeen uh, AAV that you're looking at with him, and I, I think that he would be a good fit. I, I think that that helps your entire defense if you can get a guy uh, like that. I know people don't like the interception numbers, but uh, you know he's a guy that just is, is a very strong playmaker, and I think you can be comfortable with him. Uh, out there just shutting guys down. That that'd be a guy I would absolutely look at. The Cowboys would love to get him back. They just it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense with all the contracts that they have to do this uh, this off season. So I think that would be a a, a priority. Uh, linebacker is definitely a priority. As I said, I think they can go get one in the draft. Uh, there's two pretty good ones available that would probably be around uh, at 19. Uh, but I think they're going to explore what they can here. They need somebody that can cover someone from the linebacker position. It's just been such a glaring weakness the last couple of years. They can't cover anybody out of the backfield. They have, they have trouble uh, with tight ends as well at times. I mean, they just need linebackers that can cover somebody. A uh, little to make sense in that regard. Um, and then there's other guys that would make some sense. But I think, you know, more than just that, um, more than just getting a linebacker, they need a linebacker that can, that can help in coverage because that's really what would help. Uh, the way that they try to play defense, they, they need one of those guys. Uh, and and I, I wouldn't completely rule out Vontez Burfecht at, at this time. I mean, it's so risky uh, to bring him back. I think he was such a an important player uh, for the locker room. Guys just kind of gravitated around him. And uh, when they lost him, it was, it was rough, I think, for a lot of those younger players on defense. So I, I think as much of a risk it is, as it is because you signed that guy – He's one hit away from just missing the entire season and throwing you off just like he did last year. Uh, but I think the way that he fits, the way that he has a relationship with the coaching staff there, uh, it's a, a totally different player and a different person than the public kind of sees and knows. Uh, I think the Raiders would tell you that he's very, very different, and I think they want to have him around. It, it's a risk, and I think that they're going to weigh that, but it's, it's a name I would certainly uh, at least keep in mind. All right, Adam Hill there, Las Vegas Review uh, Journal beat writer for the Raiders, giving us a lot of his time. Adam, I thank you so much for uh, for hopping on the line with me. Uh, stay safe out there and keep up the good work. Yeah, and uh, hey, people that are out there, come to Vegas. I know it's, it's really it's a really really weird time, but man, this this city is struggling so bad. And uh, you know, hopefully the Raiders, you know, coming here and get some people to come out and visit and, and check it out, but. Uh, Vegas needs people right now, and I know it's tough and it's scary, but um, if you can make it, if you can drive especially, come on in, and uh, we'd love to have you here in Vegas. All right, well said. Thank you very much, Adam. Yep, see you, man. And welcome back to Just Pod Baby with Evan Grote. That was a great spot there by Adam Hill of the Las Vegas Review-Journal getting you some good information on free agency and, and some of the things that the Raiders may be looking to do here uh, 
next week. It's going to be a busy week in the NFL. Uh, it's going to be fast and furious, so try to stay up with it. I'll be tweeting it out as the information comes in, so you can follow me at Twitter on Twitter at egrope 5 if you're looking for someone to help keep you up to date with all that information. That is going to do it for this week's episode of Just Pod Baby. My plan is to uh, record again next week. Um, you know, after the the you know first couple of days of free agent free agency gets wrapped up, hopefully we have some news to report for you. I hope that everyone has a great week. I hope that everyone stays safe out there. And as always, just win, baby.